So I'm sure you've heard it said in the run-up to Christmas that Christmas is for the kids, right? And for years that's annoyed me because I quite enjoy Christmas too. But I, I want you to know this morning that I think they've probably got it right that Christmas is for kids. And, and what I want to show you is that's the case for two reasons. It's one, because Jesus is fully God. And secondly, it's because Jesus is truly glorious because he's full of grace and truth. And like I said at the beginning, what our prayer is for all of us, me included, is that I leave today in all the fun and food and no doubt family time as well, uh, knowing those things to be totally true and, and going, wow, this is what Jesus, this is what God has done for us. And so that's kind of our direction of travel this morning. Um, so John, who wrote this verse, right, he's one of Jesus's best mates, right? And he writes the book of John and he says at the very end why he's done it. He writes this book and he says, I've done it so that you can know really who Jesus is. And by knowing who he is and what he's done, you can have life in his name. That's why he's done it. And so he writes this verse because, again, it's part of that story so that we can all know who Jesus is, what he's done, and have life in his name. But to help us understand exactly what's going on, I've got a couple of presents uh, which I need some help unwrapping. Now, some of you are going to be really, like, it's unfortunate that you're sitting where you're sitting because underneath four chairs are four numbers. So you might just need to have a look and see if you can find a paper. Now, again, I know some of you grown-ups would love to come up, but maybe you could pass that number onto a child. Maybe you can. Uh, Seth Moss is devastated. Absolutely. Seth. But, but, but you can always, you can always pass it on to someone else, like Emily's doing, look at that, that's amazing. Okay, brilliant. Uh, because, so, so if you just keep hold of your numbers for a bit and I'll call you up when, you, when, you num when I shout your number out, come up, yeah, when I shout your number out, come up. Okay, so the reason I've given you these numbers is because uh, John calls Jesus this name, uh, the word can you see it there in gold and so it's just to try and help us understand what he's talking about so has anyone got present present number one number one has anyone got the big number one josh come up here so just to like spoiler they're not dead exciting presents okay so that's just the spoiler it's to help us understand so josh do you want to open that for us yeah thanks that's the right what is it it's a clock right Thanks, Josh. Cheers, buddy. You can go sit down. Thanks, mate. Give Josh a round of applause. Yeah. Josh, you don't owe me anything for that present. Not like your mum and dad. Have a word with yourself, John. Okay. So, uh, here's a clock. What does the clock remind us of? Any ideas? Yeah. Yeah, love it, time. So, in your Bibles, right, have a look down at the very first verse of John, right? And John, who writes this, is describing who Jesus is, even before he was born, right? Look at verse 1. He says that in the beginning, before time started, the Word, that's what he calls Jesus before he was born, the Word was with God and the Word was God. So this is crackers, right? But before Jesus was born, he was with God and he was God. Amazing. Okay, uh, anyone got number two? Big paper number two. Come up here. Look at that. Beautifully wrapped with masking tape. 
Here we go. Do you want to open that? And then you can then stand up here and show everyone what it is. What? Do you want to stand up and show them? Because they can't see it. Look at them. Wow. Come on. Look at that. Yes. Fantastic. Thanks so much. What is this? A globe, it's the world. Right, just have a look at verse 3 in John, chapter 1. Look what this person, the word, was doing in verse 3. Have a look at that. Verse 3 tells us all things were made through him and for him. How mad is that? He made everything. So here's a simple rule, right? Just look around you. Look at everyone here. Think about what's in the world, even the universe, the galaxies. You can divide everything into two categories, okay? Stuff made by the Word and God. They're the two categories for everything. Stuff made by the Word and God. And everything, like think of something. Shout out something you're thinking of now. Sausages. Right? Everything that goes into sausages, that was made. I was thinking more of the galaxies type thing, Jez, to be honest. Um, big stuff, the world, planets, stars, each other, oxygen, the stuff we be everything was made by the word. That's amazing, isn't it? He was with God, he was God. Fantastic. Um, verse 4 tells us, have a look at verse 4 as well, because it says that in him, in this person who John calls the word, who created everything, was life. He says, and this life was the light of men. And that means... That not just physical life, but spiritual life too. This person who John calls the word had the essence of everything, um, which is remarkable, isn't it? Um, Steve, keep looking in your Bibles or look on the screen and look at the next thing. And this is mind-blowing, right? That this person who's the word, who was in the beginning, who was with God and was God, who made everything. John says in verse 14, this person became flesh. Fully God, but in a body at Christmas morning. Mind-blowing. That's Jesus. He's fully God, in a body, and the right response, right, if you get that, and I can't really get my head around that, but is to go, wow. Wow. That's the right response. Okay, uh, number three. Anyone got a number three? Oh, and I need. That's all. That's quite heavy. Oh. It's quite heavy. Get, get, rip it open. I'm behind time already. Whoa, look at that. You can't keep it, no. That's, that's how I go to sleep every night on that. Uh, okay, so, thanks, Tom. Now, you can help me with this. Okay, so, what is this? It's not a blanket, it's a tent. Obviously. And we're going to drape it like a tent over these chairs. It's a tent. How did you not know that was a tent? Anyway, thanks, Tom. You can sit down. Great. That is a tent. Get that in your heads. Okay, here we go. Um, I want you to say, and this is to help us understand it, the next word is dwelt. Uh, that Jesus came and dwelt among us, says John. Like a normal person, Jesus grew up. He worked with people. His dad was a carpenter. I'm pretty sure that Jesus would have been pretty handy with tools. I think he'd have made stuff. Um, that's remarkable, isn't it? Think of all the people you've bumped into 
uh, this week, whether it be at work, maybe at school or at play cafe, impact or roots, maybe even people you live with in your family, normal people going about normal business. Well, that's what Jesus was like, living in the world, dwelling with people. Now, of all the people you've bumped into this week, I just want you to do a bit of a thought experiment. Think about the nicest person you've met this week. Think about the nicest person, or even the nicest person you know. Has everyone got that person in their heads? The nicest person you know. I bet not for one second have you thought that that person you're thinking of now is God, even though they're the nicest person you know. Well, John lived with Jesus, right? He lived with him and saw him do stuff, and he knew that he was fully God in a body. <laughs> that is mind-blowing. That is mind-blowing to me. Um, the other thing to say is, the word that we see dwell there, it, it also means tent. That's what it means, to tent with people. And, and that hopefully gets you thinking of what happened thousands of years before Jesus was born, when God pitched his tent with his people. He tabernacled with them, didn't he? Um, now, Moses is a really famous person in the Old Testament, isn't he? And Moses was a cool guy, like he was a cool leader. When God came and dwelt with them, he wasn't even allowed to go into the tent. And the Bible tells us that's because the glory of God overwhelmed the tent. And God's so perfect, so holy, not even Moses could go in. And yet John says, and it's utterly mind-blowing, and I want you to feel it, that Jesus, who's fully God in a body, well, he dwells with them, and they saw him face to face, and he hung out with them. And that's remarkable. Okay, brilliant. Last one, number four. Anyone got number four? Yeah, 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 cool. Come, come, come. Okay, have a look at that. Superb. It's very heavy. It's very heavy. It's one of my favourite things, this. I wrapped it very, very well. Can anyone guess what it's going to be? You'll never guess. It's not chocolate. Whoa. Can I show everyone what it is? Look at that. Oh, look at that. Now that is a proper torch. That's a proper torch. Okay. Great. Thanks so much. I'm going to turn it off. Thanks for all your help. Good stuff. Okay. Next word. Glory. Glory. Uh, John says, if you look in verse 14, that he saw God's glory. And glory is one of those strange words, right, that we talk about in church, but it's difficult to understand. But it means like the weightiness or the substance, the stuff that makes you go, wow, right? And it's hard to define. But John says he saw the glory of Jesus, and it was the glory of God the Father in him. Now, can anyone think of some of the stuff John would have seen Jesus do? Shout them out. What, what were some of the things that John would have seen Jesus do? Wow, he raised people from the dead. He did. That's pretty cool. You'd be going, wow, at that one. Anyone else? Shout something out. Imagine a big stormy day. What did Jesus do on that stormy day? Miracles. He did miracles, yeah. Anyone else? Come on, help me out here. Oh. Esther. He walked on the water. Yeah, anything else? He healed people. Do you remember the guy who couldn't walk and his mates lowered him down through the roof and, and Jesus spoke a word and he's healed or the, or the lad with the withered hand in the temple and Jesus speaks a word 
Yeah. Or the storm and the, the sinking in the boat. And Jesus, who created the wind and the waves, just speaks and they listen to him and it all goes calm like a mill pond. And John has seen all that stuff and he goes, I tell you what, we've seen the glory, not of like a football player or a great musician or those kind of people, but of God the Father. That's amazing, isn't it? He's seen all those things. It's the kind of glory that the angels sang about when they bumped into the shepherds when Jesus was born. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause now and we're going to sing a song that reminds us of that kind of glory. Hark the herald angels sing. So if you want, would you stand and sing? So we've talked about Jesus being fully God in a body and we've sung about that glory as well, haven't we, of this newborn king. But I guess the thing we should ask ourselves is, is so what? Why does that matter? Because it's all good stuff, isn't it? Jesus is glorious, but who gives one really? And why does it make a difference to us? Uh, I mentioned before, didn't I, that Moses, when he approached the tabernacle in the Old Testament, and God came and dwelt there, and it was full of his glory, that he could not go in, because God is utterly glorious, utterly holy. And even Moses, he was not sinless. He was like us, made loads of mistakes, and couldn't get near God, really. And yet John says, and let me put this back up on the screen, that he has seen God's glory face to face. And so the question is, how on earth is it going to be possible for people like me, people like you, people like Moses even, to hang out with God forever? Because we're just not that great, are we? And the key is that John saw something amazing in Jesus, that he was full of grace and truth. Full of grace of grace and truth. You see, what he knew and what he saw, as well as all the miracles, it was that the one who was with God and was God, the person who created everything, the one who had light in himself and, and life, well, he came and was born and dwelt with him in the muck of life. And this is utterly shocking, isn't it? But then he chose to die in our place. And listen, I know most of us come to church every week, don't we? Most of us do. And so you hear that every week, and I do. And it just doesn't bother me. Like, honestly, I sometimes don't get just how remarkable that is. But John, one of Jesus' best mates, who knew that he was fully God, he observed that Jesus chose to come, be born in flesh, dwell with him, and go to the cross and die in his place. And look at verse 12 for me. Look at verse 12. This is the reason why he did it. Verse 12 of John. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That is a remarkable and brilliant thing that should make you say wow. In fact, just have a look down as well at verse 9 to 12. And let me read this. Because I think these next three verses describe not just everyone in this room, but everyone who's ever lived and will live. Verse 9, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So, do you know what? This morning there'll be people in here who, who don't trust Jesus. And it's brilliant that you're here. Like, genuinely, it's brilliant that you're here. There'll be people that you knock about with in the week 
who you play footy with, who you go to work with, who don't know Jesus as their Lord and King, right? And that's what this describes here in John chapter 1, verse 9 to 11, that the light comes into the world, but people don't recognize him or don't want to recognize him. And I need to tell you this morning that if that's you, that Christmas is not such a great day because there's no peace, there's no rest. Do you know what? The ultimate statistic is that one out of one die. We, we never get out of this life alive, right? And so if you are not following Jesus, if you haven't put your trust in him, if you haven't received him, then this is the best there is. This world is the best there is. And if you read the news, and even if you look at your own lives, that's not such a great thing, is it? Really, if we're all honest enough. But verse 12, just look down again, because here's the remedy to that big problem. To all who receive him, that's Jesus, to all who receive Jesus, who believe in his name, who believe what he did, that he came as the word and he dwelt among us in flesh. If you believe that he did that for you and then died on the cross and was raised again, then he gave the right to become children of God. That's an utterly astonishing thing to hear. And, and I know you know that, even if your faces don't display that, right? But there is nothing else like that. that. That's why Christmas is for children. It's because it's for people who've been born again into God's family and you've become a child of God. In fact, if that's the case, this isn't the best there is. But as a Christian this morning, the best is yet to come for us. Because in all the darkness in our own lives, in all the darkness in the world, that if you read verse 5 of John, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. If you're a Christian this morning, the best is yet to come. Because one day, all the darkness in our own lives, all the darkness in the world is going to be done away with when God makes everything new. And we get to live with him forever with no more suffering, no more sin. And Christmas morning is the reminder to us that the best is yet to come, that God loves you enough to come and deal with our sin. It's amazing. That's why Christmas is for the kids, because if you're a child of God, it's for you. It's a reminder, not just today, but for all the Christmases to come. Let me read verse 14 again, and then we will close. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, fully God and truly glorious. And that's why Christmas morning is amazing if you're a believer today. You're a child of God. And that's a wow moment to take away with you wherever you go over Christmas holidays. Um, if you understand that, then you'll be able to sing the next song like you really mean it, which is, Oh, come let us adore him. So if you can, let's stand and sing.